sweet. Okay. Hello and welcome back to the woods. Wow, it's been a while. <laughs> What's our uh, motto again? It's like a podcast about the mysterious, the legendary, <laughs> and the plain weird. Because you never know what you're gonna find in the woods. I'm Sandy. And I'm Shazney. <laughs> um, we have had a... Uh, when Halloween. was our last episode? Was it December? Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Okay, November, December. No, we had one. We had Did one we? in December. Or like end oh. of November. Okay, so... Unless that was our very late Halloween episode, I don't I know. Think it, anyway, I think it was our very like late Halloween months. episode. Dylan, don't even worry about it because we're not even caught up with our own podcast. <laughs> yeah, don't even. It's all good. All G. Uh, we just thought we would jump on today. Well, you know what? First thing, Sandy and I have an abundance of free time now under the circumstances. And we thought we would jump on to uh, support those who are staying at home and staying safe and, and yeah. You know what? I didn't <laughs> realize how much I actually miss this. Sorry, I'm just moisturizing my hands. They're so dry from all of this hand washing. <laughs> but I didn't realize how much I missed this and I was so excited like the whole day and then now I'm like l- a little emotional. Um, I definitely got inspired like I have a few more like uh, story ideas for the future so we for sure gotta do a few more episodes Mm -hmm. of this (laughs) Um, and right now I mean for me it just it became more of an obligation because I was just so Mm -hmm. busy with work but obviously under the circumstances it's different um Ah, so Sandy, any major life updates in the last five months? <laughs> uh, so I quit my job, and then it didn't matter because the store shut down. <laughs> and <laughs> and the, the store didn't even shut down because of the pandemic. She was a bad store owner, right? Yeah, it was just the... <laughs> like, this was before this whole pandemic it was just like, oh yeah, we're closing the store. Have fun. Um, <laughs> so it was that. And then I got another job. And then that didn't matter because that store got shut down. Now that one was because of the virus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how's um, Loki doing? Fine. <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> Good. That sweet, sweet soul of his. Keep it safe. <laughs> um, oh, hi, Megan. <laughs> Welcome. Anyway, how was how was your five months? Oh, uh, it's been a roller coaster. Um, yeah, personal life roller coaster. Work life roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. So right now, like I'm a I'm a teacher in Saskatchewan, and first off, in February we decided to to uh, it's not a strike, but it's job action, where we um, basically withdraw from any voluntary uh, work that teachers do mm-hmm. to 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 like 
fight for proper funding and wages yeah. and and then the pandemic happened and they've completely closed the schools for a while so right now i'm getting paid to stay at home which is sweet they could have chosen not to pay me Yay. <laughs> but yeah i uh i applied for ei yesterday mm-hmm. so hopefully that mm-hmm. goes through really weird to be applying yeah. for ei <laughs> I guess I just never thought I'd have to do it. I know. I was. I had to like look into it just in case, like things got worse. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, hi, Gary. That's my friend from Australia. (laughs) Hello. Um, Yeah. So life's a roller coaster right now. We're both unemployed, which is why we actually have time to do a podcast. So tonight we have Mm -hmm. some uh, scary stories lined up i think i don't know actually well i do have a scary story and then i also have a weird unsolved mystery so we'll see how far we get though we're gonna go through sandy's first she has to be gone within 55 minutes so (laughs) oh what is ei ei is employee employee insurance and that's what happens so if you get Mm -hmm. like laid off or you end up jobless you can apply for ei and uh, you get like a certain amount of what you would have been making from the government. Yeah, so basically if you can't work mm-hmm. for no fault of your own, like if you quit, you mm-hmm. don't qualify. But if you get laid off there's or you're injured or... <laughs> yeah, there's a global pandemic. No, I mean, it's not completely free money. Like we do pay into EI every month as employees. So it's just kind of... Yeah. This, um, funding that is sitting there just in case shit hits the fan which is nice um yeah okay mm-hmm. if you if you guys have any questions or comments just you know leave them in the comment box and we'll stop and answer them as we go it can be mm-hmm. any question it could be what is ei or what's your favorite cookie i will answer any and all yes. questions to a point <laughs> okay. i i yes i will pretend that i know the answers to everything <laughs> we'll just make it up if we don't know it, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sounds uh, Sandy, do you want to start with the first story? Okay. Um, okay, I'll start with... I don't even... I'll start with the stories that were sent in to me. So. Oh, no. Shazne, you're frozen. Okay, <laughs> I'll wait. Oh, there you are. You disappeared on my end. You disappeared okay, on me. Okay, well, I think we're back now. <laughs> okay, anyway. So I asked for stories. And people delivered. Two of them, but they delivered. So the first one... Um, are you frozen or are you sitting just sitting really still? still? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first one is from my aunt... And it cracks me up the way she started it. So she goes, hi, Sandy, how are you? And then goes right into her story. So let me tell you. Hi, Sandy, how are you? One time, when I lived in Saskatoon, something happened that still confuses me. Ivana, so Ivana's my cousin. She's around five now. Um, 
But Ivana woke up crying. She was crying and crying and crying and wouldn't stop. Meanwhile, I kept hearing someone shout my name from outside. I kept ignoring it and just focused on Ivana trying to calm her down. But I kept hearing my name being called, so eventually I just grabbed Ivana and went outside. I lived in the basement at the time, so the door that led outside led to the backyard. So I was surprised when I opened the door and saw an old woman standing in my backyard. When I say old, I mean old. Her lips were thin and dry. Her feet and hands were also dry and caked with dirt. What was stranger was that she was speaking to me in Spanish. She said, Christine, yeah, she said, Christina, I've been walking for so long. I'm so far from home and I'm so tired. Will you please give me water from your pitcher? The strangest thing about that was that I had just gotten a pitcher as a gift. The pitcher was old and used and from Mexico. I got it from a neighbor who was having a yard sale. When my neighbor found out I was from Mexico, she decided to just give me the pitcher. Uh, oh, um, oh, another strange thing was that Ivana immediately stopped crying after she saw the old woman. In fact, she started smiling and giggling and wanting to play with this woman. The woman kept saying my name and asking me for water. But when I asked her how she knew my name, she wouldn't answer me. All she would say was, Christina, I'm so thirsty. Please give me some water from your pitcher. She would also say, don't worry, you are all going to be okay. I went inside to grab her water, and I thought, oh, I should grab her something to eat too, like since she's been walking for so long and is tired. But when I went back outside, she was gone. There was no trace of her. The funny thing is, I didn't feel afraid. In fact, my heart was beating with joy and excitement. She told me that I was going to be okay, and in that moment, I felt like my family and I would be okay. I still have the picture. I think she's connected to it. I also have a strong feeling that I should keep it safe. I think it's protecting me and my family. That's a pretty wild story. If there was... And she sent me the picture of the picture. Yes, please do. So I will post that. If you want to see Mm it. Like, it's a very old picture. So, like... Okay, Saskatoon, like Saskatchewan, there aren't many Spanish speakers. Like, it's very exciting when you meet a Spanish speaker because there aren't many of them. So super weird that she just opens the door and starts speaking Spanish. Also that she knew my aunt's name when my aunt had no idea who this woman is. That is pretty crazy. Yeah, so... uh, yeah, let us know if you have. Let any, me know uh, if you have theories. I don't know who this woman was. Was the okay? Was the picture from family, or was it? N- no. So the picture was from Mexico. My aunt was just saying that her neighbor was having a garage sale. My aunt went over. She saw the picture. She was gonna buy it, but then the lady, like the lady having the yard sale. Uh, I guess found out that my aunt was from Mexico. She's like, oh, you don't even have to buy it. Just take it. Like, just take the Mexican picture. (laughs) And so my aunt was really really excited about it. She had just gotten the picture and then a few days later this happened to her. Yeah, and the lady was just like, give me water from your picture. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, haunted picture. 
All right. <laughs> a haunted water pitcher. <laughs> yes. That's fabulous. Okay, but Mexican water pitchers are so good. They keep, like, they're made out of clay and adobe, so they keep your water really cold. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. Anyway, so <laughs> the next story is from my sister's boyfriend. It is also oh, wild. Yeah, okay. Well, let me read it to you. <clears throat> when I was six, I got very sick, and my parents took me to the doctor a lot. They didn't know what was wrong with me. They thought it was only a virus, but the days were odd and I wouldn't get any better. One day, my mom's super religious friend asked her if I had anything bad inside of me. And my mom said, what do you mean by something bad? And her friend said, the devil can disguise himself as an angel and do bad things. It's best to keep an eye out. I got more sick and my mom and her friend noticed that even though I was sick, I wouldn't let go of my Tigger plushie. My mom came to the conclusion that it was my Tigger <laughs> plushie making me sick, so she threw it away. However, I was still sick. They took me to my uncle's house where my family and my mom's friend all or all came over, stood around <laughs> my bed, forming a prayer circle. They all began praying and I started gagging, so my mom ran me to the bathroom. However, I wouldn't throw up. But then my aunt held my head and started saying, leave our boy alone, exit this body, he doesn't belong to you. And then I started oh throwing God. up balls of clunky blood. When I was done, I looked up at everyone and smiled, and I ran to the living room to play with my toys. <laughs> it was as if nothing had ever happened. My mom's, my mom's friend was convinced that someone cursed my dolls, and since I was a small and innocent boy, the evil spirit got me. Then, <laughs> and he never got Tigger back. No, they, Aww. Tigger was the <laughs> cursed doll. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Yeah. <laughs> like when I first heard the story, I was like, uh. <laughs> Just a homemade exorcism. Yes. Throw away Tigger, form a prayer circle, and then start vomiting. That's funny. Mm. But also traumatizing for a child. I'm glad that he seemed okay with it. Yes. At the time. <laughs> but the poor Tigger doll got I all know. the blame. The poor boy lost his Tigger doll. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are my two... The two stories I got sent in. Um, I'll tell you what happened to me recently, if you still want to hear it. Wait, I think I told you. Yes. I don't know, maybe. Anyway, I'll tell everyone. Hello, everyone. So, um, I've been working on a short story collection. Um, just... Because I've always wanted to write, like, a novel, but I thought maybe baby steps and I should write little mini stories until I write one big one. So anyway, I've uh, been super interested in the growing religion in Latin America of worshipping um, holy death. Um, because Catholicism has condoned that worship. And it, like, stereotypically... A lot of people associated with like drugs and criminals but a lot of people like doctors um, I don't know taxi drivers like as how you would say normal people like you and me um, are becoming 
kind of more involved and this religion throughout Latin America and Mexico is growing. So I was really interested in that um, in a, or as a sociological standpoint of like what is happening in these communities and societies that they are switch, they're like they're converting from Catholicism um, to this other religion. However, um, I was like, this is kind of cool. I'm going to write a story about it. So I did, and I was writing a story about it, and I had this page open of, like, because I had to do research, so I was doing, or reading about, like, certain rituals and prayers and stuff, and I started getting this really uneasy feeling, like I was messing with something I didn't quite understand, uh, which, I mean, I was, I was just trying to understand it more, and I was the only one home, except Ian was downstairs, but whatever. I was upstairs in the dining room. It was dark and like I was in the dining room that was the only light on and suddenly Loki jumps down from the chair he's sitting on and he just goes stiff and he starts barking like really angrily and just growling at the doorway and at first I thought someone's about like someone's home someone's gonna come walk through the door because Loki will do that but no one came in and I kept I kept waiting, but there was no noise. Like, the door was, wasn't open. There was no one around. And he just kept barking and growling. And I wondered if, like, I maybe accidentally opened something. Because, you know, they say when you, like, kind of mess with stuff like that in any way, you can open a portal. Yeah. So I think that's what happened. Spooky. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it left. Whatever it is. Well, I mean, I guess it was was. just there to spook the dog (laughs) and leave, because I... (laughs) Cool. Um, I haven't had anything paranormal happen at my house. And somehow, I haven't had, um... I pretty much haven't had sleep paralysis since before Christmas, which is really nice. That's good. Yeah. Um... So nothing spooky, really. I don't think. No. I don't think there's anyone living in in my walls, either. That's good. I I still don't know what I would prefer, a ghost or someone living in my walls. (laughs) I don't know. It's like one you can get rid of, the other one... Which one are you talking about? Which one can you get rid of? (laughs) I mean... Like I, I feel know. like I guess it depends how you look at it. <laughs> well, I guess ghosts need your consent, right? I mean, so should someone wanting to live in my walls. <laughs> but yeah. uh But yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh Gary says that he's had spiritual contact with his father a few years ago. Do you want to elaborate that on that, Gary? I'm curious. It's okay if you don't want to. But Sandy, have you ever talked to a dead or a dead uh, relative? Relative is the word I'm looking for. Interesting that you asked because recently my cousin Danny, who is three, um, she recently, like a few days ago, said that she saw my grandpa, but my grandpa's been dead since last year. Mm-hmm. 
but she was too young to know. And every time she sees my grandma, she's like, oh, where's grandpa? And it's like, oh, your grandpa's asleep. And so the other day she just came to us and said, oh, I saw grandpa. Hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure my grandpa leaves quarters around my house because I never have cash on me. So why would I have quarters? <laughs> but I'll just find them in random spots, hmm. which is... It's like fitting because we used to always play this game called 31 and you had to have quarters to play because it was like a gambling mm-hmm. gambling game. So, you know, teach them while they're young. Mm-hmm. Start gambling when I was like five. <laughs> I get it. Bye, Megan. Megan's Bye. Nice. <laughs> um, and then Gary's going to get back to us on the story. Dylan says that, speaking of sleep paralysis, it happened to me once during a nap, and I swear I woke up hovering above, hovering over my body with someone whispering my name. I think Ooh. you almost died. That sounds like astral projection. Yes. <laughs> astral. Astral? Astral. Astral. I, I think. Oh, oh now um, I'm doubting myself. Uh, it's... I, whenever I had sleep paralysis, it was usually when I was napping, which mm. is apparently more common than if you're actually going for a full sleep. So, yeah. Makes sense. Um, I also got, like, auditory hallucinations or explicon. Mm. Um, what a name for that, right? So... Yeah. I still get that sometimes. Like the other night I was sleeping and um, I literally could hear one of my coworkers yelling my name, but I was in bed. Mm. And I was like, she's not there. <laughs> Why are you yelling my name? <laughs> this is my nap time. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> this is my time. Uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, No, no spookiness in my life. Okay. It's probably Do you have thing. any more stories, Sandy? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I'll read you a story from a book. Yes. Yes, tell me okay, your story. Okay, so this is actually in BC. Wow, I, that's where yes, I live. in British Columbia. I chose it because I knew you lived there, and I was like, maybe it'll spook her. <laughs> okay. Um, Dylan just replied about his sleep paralysis. It says, it was weird. I know that. The, this first time was during the night, and I was sleeping near the window and thought I heard someone breaking the window and started to turn over, and it felt like someone literally grabbed my neck and held me down. Yeah, that's really, really freaky i don't um i don't really get it where i feel anything or like i don't even really see anything my my mom sees demons when she gets sleep paralysis it's more like well i see stuff it's more like hallucinations i don't see scary stuff i mean it's just Mm. usually pretty average stuff hmm like, I'm in my room and I can see my room, but there's nothing off about the room. It's just weird, but it looks so realistic. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, okay, I'm going to start with the ghost story. We'll come back to comments. Hi! 
Oh, hi. What's Canadian yes, girl? Canadian girl. Long time no talk, Canadian girl. We have been gone for a while. <laughs> oh, actually, Canadian girl, you are just in time because we are starting a story, uh, a, a ghost story from British Columbia. So, thank you for tuning in. This one is... Ah, we totally missed you too. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, this is from the book Haunted America. I don't know the author right now, so whatever. credit the artist i will later okay so it's called the portrait in december of 1965 artist Teresa montgomery and her husband charles moved into a stately 12-room house in the fraser valley community of chilliwack although the place had been used Mm -hmm. at one time as a boarding house few major repairs were necessary Cosmetic improvements alone would certainly go far in restoring the house to its earlier grandeur. I don't know what grandeur is. It sounds French. Isn't that like grand? <laughs> I don't know. Please use words I understand. That's like a good thing, I'm right? Assuming, so it probably means like how it used to look. The couple were fortunate to have found a house with such potential and at a reasonable price, no less. This, Yeah, a reasonable price in BC... That, that mm, this was 1965 yeah that wouldn't happen anymore didn't know it did that <laughs> reasonable price <laughs> okay the story of what happened in the montgomery's house was one of the most widely reported ghost stories in the british columbia press of the 1960s this is what happened to these surprised homeowners one afternoon while Teresa worked in the kitchen she heard drawers open and closing in an upstairs room she was alone in the house dashing up the stairway she threw open the doors to all the rooms In an unused bedroom, she found an old chest that had come with the house, looking as if it had been ransacked. Some drawers were partly open and others were open wide and jarred off their tracks. An iron bedstead, also left behind by the previous owner, sat in the middle of the floor. Teresa recalled seeing it against one wall on the day they moved in. The chest and the bed were the only furniture in the room, so like it looked like somebody threw them everywhere. That's fun. Teresa didn't tell her husband, but as the days passed, she became increasingly nervous in the huge house. Then came the frightening dreams in which she saw a woman lying on the hallway floor. The figure wore a red dress with a pattern of yellow flowers. She is terrified, Teresa told a reporter. Hmm. What's up with women just showing up in our backyards and our houses, you know? Theme for today. The nightmares were making her ill. Hmm. That's a good question. (laughs) The nightmares were making her ill. When her husband asked what was the matter, she said she must have become overly tired by the move. She continued to unpack trunks and boxes, arrange furniture and hang pictures, but took little pleasure in the work. She cooked meals for Charles, but ate sparingly herself. Her husband wasn't overly concerned. He had lived long enough with his wife to recognize the artist's moods. He assumed she had been hard at work on some paintings, and on those occasions, little else mattered. She disliked talking about her work, so Charles never asked. Then one morning in her studio, Teresa sat down at her easel to paint a portrait of the woman she'd seen in her dreams. Perhaps in this way, she could rid herself of the ghastly dream, but something took control of of the brush in her hand. Although she tried to paint the portrait of a woman, the face became that of a man. A man of strong, dark, scary features. I don't know the word that they use there, so I replaced it with scary. (laughs) (laughs) Improvise. (laughs) 
Nothing like this had ever happened to the artist before. Was she losing her talent? Her mind? Fright drove her from the studio that afternoon. <laughs> the next day, Teresa found the portrait she'd left on the easel had changed. The man's dark eyes had become menacing, and deep shadows concealed one side of his face. Each morning thereafter, Teresa would play. She knew then that she would never be able to paint again, at least not in this house. Ooh. This is like the opposite of artist block. When the painting starts painting itself, I could use that. You know, this, I don't know why, this reminded me of like, this Bob, Bob's Burgers quote where it's like, why do men have to ruin everything? Where it's like, gee, she's just trying to paint and you ruined it. She wasn't trying <laughs> to make it look like that. She wanted to paint a woman who comes out like a man. Yeah, like Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, then late one night, a slight noise sent Teresa again into the unused bedroom. As she peered through the door, a dim light appeared in a window, and in the center of the light, she glimpsed a woman's face. Although the features were somewhat indistinct, Teresa felt certain that this was the woman in her nightmares. This was the ghost who haunted her house. Soon after the actual sightings of the mysterious woman, other phenomena de developed. The front door began to open and close by itself. Footfalls were heard on the stairs when there was no one there, and sounds of heavy breathing came from empty rooms. I think there's someone living in her walls. And they didn't ask permission. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but it was a man. <laughs> yeah, probably. As Teresa became acquainted with her neighbors, they told her tales about her house, perhaps more than what she wanted to hear. One account had it that a woman had be been murdered cremated in the chimney. Oh, that's lovely. Mm -hmm. Another story was of a madhouse a decade earlier. He was said to have occupied the empty room. The worried home went for the heavy breathing she had heard. No one seemed to know if there had been any connection between the two people, or, indeed, if either story had any basis in fact. However, the previous owners, Rebecca and Jackson Perkins, told of Montgomery's mm. that an old man living in the house had committed suicide, but he drowned himself in the sloth behind the house. Mr. and Mrs. Perkins noted that they'd experienced nothing unusual during the four years they had lived in the house, and dismissed the rumors of ghost business as baloney. And they spelt it funny, too. B-A-L-O-N-E-Y. <laughs> uh, How did they spell it? It's spelt bologna, not bologna. Oh, that is bologna. funny. You don't spell bologna like bologna. You guys spell it like bologna. Yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm starting to doubt everything. Okay. The world is badness right now. <laughs> Honest, you're right. There are no rules. You're right. Who am I to, okay, but... to establish <laughs> any rules? By, by spring, the media got wind of the strange goings-on in Chilliwack. Teresa eagerly accepted all requests by reporters and photographers to tour the house, and she took special pains to show them the 4 by 6 portrait that she claimed was changing daily. She said the dark side of the picture had lightened, the outline of a cheek appeared, and a thin mustache was now visible. One night during the last week of May 1966, Jess Odam, a staff reporter from the Vancouver Sun, and Ken Oakes, a Sun photographer, visited the house. They kept vigil in the unused bedroom, which was lit by one candle on the chest. A friend of Teresa Montgomery, who did not wish to be identified, sat with the two men. 
Teresa was in the kitchen preparing sandwiches. At 12.25 a.m., Odom reported that he thought he heard a footstep outside in the hall. The friend said she'd heard a sliding sound. Oaks, seated farthest from the doorway, heard nothing. Moments later, when Teresa came upstairs with the tray of sandwiches, she discovered a piece of linoleum lying on the hallway floor. She took it into the room and showed her guests the place where it had been tacked to the wall. She'd seen it there on the day she and her husband had moved in and was certain that it was in place when a little group arrived. Okay, so things are moving around the house apparently. I don't trust anything she says, though. She's the homeowner. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It was just the way to describe it. It's like, oh, she was more than willing to let all these people into her house to take pictures. I'm like... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Odam wrote, We saw no ghost and we heard no ghost. Or did we? The following week, at Teresa's request, Odam returned to the house to investigate a small turret at the corner of the building. I don't know what a turret is, but they were investigating it. Teresa had dreamed that the ghost lady lived in there. Somewhere where you can live, I guess. Perhaps the (laughs) turret... Perhaps the turret held a clue as to the woman's identity and her fate. Before Odam reached the house, Teresa had already broken an opening into the turret by removing some attic paneling, but fearing spiders, she dared not go in. Same. <laughs> if there's spiders, I'm like, nope, I'm out. Odam... I guess it depends on the type of spider. I'm not I'm not afraid of spiders, no. but... I don't want them on me. That's fair. Like, they're gross. Okay. <laughs> Odom armed himself with a flashlight and squeezed into the tiny space. Lying on his stomach, he swung the flashlight slowly in all directions. Nothing. Nothing but insulation material that had crumbled over the years and now littered the small floor. When Teresa saw it, she said it looked similar to the white specks she'd seen in her dreams. So apparently she was dreaming about this Tourette. Shortly after Odom's mm-hmm. visit... A former occupant telephoned the Montgomery's to report that there were secret chutes running from the top of the house to the bottom. For what purpose, the caller did not know. Teresa suspected it was a prank call, but there were no many, so many questions without answers that she scheduled a seance. Classic. <laughs> okay. Oh, a hypnotist and a clairvoyant met at the house on an afternoon in June. Teresa had moved a table and chairs into the empty room. As the men seated themselves, she pulled down the room-darkening shades at the windows and lit a candle in the center of the table. Charles Montgomery was posted in the front yard to keep sightseers away. The newspaper articles had attracted some unwanted attention. "'Is there anyone here?' asked the clairvoyant. "'You may come forth now, please.' Silence. The clairvoyant raised his voice. "'We are here only to help you.' Teresa stared so intently at the candle that she saw multiple images of the flame. Do not fear us, said the hypnotist. We bring you no harm. There were no sounds, save the rhythmic breathing of the three persons at the table. The clairvoyant folded his hands together. We implore you to go to the light. You are dead, and <laughs> you are dead, <laughs> just straight up. <laughs> just by the wow, way. Wow, that's a harsh, that's a harsh, rude awakening. I would be so sad. Yeah. You're dead. <laughs> okay, you are dead, and on this earth plane, there is nothing more for you. In the kingdom of light, others will help you. Teresa thought that one window shade rippled at the sill, but she couldn't be certain. 
As the summer days stretched into weeks and the weeks into months, hundreds of people besieged the homeowners, all wanting tours of the spook house. Children told their wide-eyed classmates that caskets floated from room to room and skeletons rattled up and down the staircase. All nonsense, of course. Sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like something I would tell my <laughs> classmates. Yeah. Um, how far is Chilliwack from where you are? Um, it's like an hour, mm. like an hour and a half, maybe. Let's go it's ghost not that tour. far. Ghost tour. Sure. When Dylan comes to visit, ghost tour. I really. There's a lot of ghost tours in Gastown, which is the oldest neighborhood oh, yeah. in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to do that. Okay, we're just about done this one. The Montgomery's finally posted a no sightseers sign on the door. Oh, I guess we can't go. <laughs> oh. But it had no effect. We can stand. <laughs> oh, it had no effect. Okay, great. <laughs> we can still go. <laughs> yeah. In one week alone, 200 cars a day disgorged noisy ghost hunters, and on one Sunday, 700 people broke the front steps trying to gain entry to the house. Teresa, exhausted from the turbulent pu- publicity, refused to admit anyone admit anyone unless they had written her a letter first, and letters were arriving daily from all parts of Canada. Charles Montgomery resented the flood of the of letters and was and the unruly strangers who banged at the door and peeked in the windows at all hours of the day and night. There could only be one solution. The couple would charge admission to tour their home. <laughs> Smart. Exactly. <laughs> Surely anyone wishing to see a house infested with ghosts would be p- willing to pay for the privilege. I mean, sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> but Teresa Montgomery didn't reckon on the trouble she would have getting a trade license to operate a haunted house. <laughs> so I guess you need a license. Damn it. Chilliwack's acting mayor, Al Holden, said that if the council granted her request, then the entire neighborhood would have to be rezoned from residential to commercial. Alderman Bill Nichols said he felt Mrs. Montgomery only wanted to exploit the free publicity she'd received from her claims that ghosts were in her house. One day, Teresa and a friend discovered that the portrait was fading and also shrinking in size. They measured it to confirm their suspicions and wondered how such a feat could be accomplished. Dr. Jeffrey Ridahu, a lecturer in classics at the University of British Columbia, and a member... <laughs> Columber? Did I say Columber? Sorry, yes you did. Columber. <laughs> Columbia. Close enough. <laughs> and a member of the Psychical Research Society of England was invited to study the portrait (laughs) he came to no conclusions other than to remark that there are some things happening in the world for which people have no explanation eventually Teresa grew sick of the portrait and threatened to get rid of it and she did the Pacific National Exhibition displayed it for a while and in 1973 it became the property of a Vancouver radio station ooh let's go oh that's interesting Press accounts do not mention the picture's condition at that time. Were the accounts of the Chilliwa- Chilliwack haunting genuine? 
That question is impossible to answer. The local journalist who first broke the story said Mrs. Montgomery told her the painting would put the little town on the map, and that it certainly did. But the reporter spent many hours and days in the house, and according to an interview with her, never saw anything or heard anything to suggest the place was haunted. In 1972, the Montgomery sold the house and moved to Vancouver Island to enjoy a more tranquil life in a house presumably free of unwanted guests. The new owner stayed in the mansion for barely a year. He said that he and his family were moving for personal reasons. He did not elaborate. The house sold for $23,000. Why did yeah, we make a knock on that? <laughs> we weren't even born. We, we totally could have. I mean, we were, our, our parents yeah. <laughs> were, were alive in the 70s. They could have just hopped on that as babies. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Like, what were you guys thinking? 23000 for a house? Honestly. Unheard of. <laughs> you okay. have no idea? <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> uh... Okay, a new young couple in Chilliwack bought it and they intended to renovate it and raise a family there the new buyers knew the ghost luncheon but didn't think much of it a chilliwack real estate agent who handled the sale said the transaction was not that difficult despite the house's history it used to be that selling a haunted house was a real estate real estate man's nightmare he told a canadian press reporter but not anymore today haunted houses seem to attract more interest than those that are not true if the new owners ever did start seeing strange sights and hear un- unusual noises in their notorious homes, they had only to call the agent for reassurance no one else shared their home. You see, the realtor did not believe in ghosts. Mm. So, certain names have been changed in this story. That's a little note at the end. Okay. At the very end of the story there. But, yeah. So, um, I don't blame that young family for buying a $23,000 house, even though it might be haunted, because worth it you know i'm all for haunted houses but i don't think i would want to live in one (laughs) which says a lot because i think i have but if like uh for that cheap i guess i I guess in bc (laughs) hi gabby at least even if you just (laughs) renovated it you could just renovate it and resell it too but if you renovate it that'll make the ghost angry I don't think they'll move out. (laughs) Okay. um, Let's go back to the comments. So. Canadian girl um, says we should go to Port Coquitlam. Wait. Sorry. ah, No. (laughs) Hold up. Hold up. Oh, I'm sorry. You're going from. Okay. No. No, I get it. Okay. Yes. Okay. (laughs) All right. So uh, Gary says. This is about the, um, he had made contact with his father. So he was ready to go to bed because I had an expo I had to go to. And if I started to doze off, my whole room shook like an earthquake. It scared the shit out of me. Oh, is there more to the story? Maybe not. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> cool. I don't know what he was talking about. Okay, never mind. And then, uh... Baloney, foolish or deceptive talk nonsense. So turns out it's a word and both of us are uncultured. 
No, I think that bologna, the sandwich meat, should be and is interchangeable. Fair enough. Just saying. Though, well, I read that, like, that bologna, like, spelled bologna is an actual word. I was like, so, so every time someone said this is bologna, I thought they were comparing it to a piece of meat, but actually, <laughs> <laughs> they were describing something. Okay, because, okay, so bologna, apparently, going back to where Dylan, where is this? It's nonsense. Yeah, but I didn't know that. I thought, okay, you know how people say bullshit? Yeah. Like, that's bullshit. Yeah. It's like saying, like, same thing. That's nonsense. Yeah. They're comparing it to something that's disgusting. Yeah. So I always thought that when you said bologna, you're saying it's nonsense, but you're just comparing it to something disgusting that isn't a swear. That's what, which would be That's what I thought, but, like, (laughs) oh, my God. Okay, you know, why am I, why am I thinking, no, okay, (laughs) it doesn't matter, moving on. (laughs) Not worth it. Mr. Canadian Girl. Oh, hi, Mr. Canadian Girl. Thank you for your comment. Um, the Riverview Psychiatric Hospital old grounds are super haunted and are in Port... I can't say that name. Coquitlam. <coughs> yeah. Um, oh, Trista's here. If she's still here. I don't know. Uh, Gabby's here. Um, Sup, Gabby. Oh, thanks how, for the heart. How, how far is that psychiatric hospital from you, Sandy? You from know? Port Coquitlam? It's not that far. Um, I think it's also around an hour. Maybe a little less. Okay. It's further than Coquitlam. Anyway, it's in the... Um, I think it's part of Metro Vancouver. So it's not too far. But I could be wrong. Okay, I like Gabby's uh, definition for baloney. Um, baloney is fake as hell, ergo it's fake. So, like, nonsense. Baloney, the meat, is like fake meat. <laughs> I, I agree with Gabby, so. <laughs> the debate of baloney. This should be the episode, uh, the name of the episode. Baloney. Bologna. Baloney. This is baloney. The world's baloney. <sighs> Honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, leave a comment if you would like us to do another live stream this week, since we're all stuck in our houses. Uh, we still have those erotic ghost stories to tell. So that could be fun. We also have some ideas for a few other episodes. Yeah. yeah. I have some... I have an unexplained mystery story that I could tell but it's very short. But I'm not going to tell it today. I'll tell it a different time. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've been... I have not moved from this spot on my bed, um, except to eat. So <laughs> <laughs> my legs are very tired from sitting here all day. Poor oh, me. I tried to just, like, sit there and play Animal Crossing today, but I was, like, falling asleep. And I'm like, why am I falling asleep? Like, so I had to get up and go take a walk. And it's really hard to walk in this town because there's, like, no sidewalks. And if there is sidewalks, nobody shovels it. And also, it's just water and ice everywhere. 
So it was more like a hike. <laughs> it's so strange living in BC because we've had snow for like a week and a half and that was it. <laughs> I don't know. Lucky we're getting like another 20 centimeters tonight and it's spring. I mean, one thing I do like is, like, I've always, like, I've never been like, God, it's so cold, I don't want to leave my house. Yeah, I need to move somewhere warmer. Thank you, Gabby. So it looks like we have some interest for erotic ghost stories. Nice. Everyone likes erotic ghost stories. What's wrong with you guys? Jesus. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, they're the ones with the problem. (laughs) Yeah, like, honestly, I just give the people what they want, and they want erotic ghost stories. Yeah. (laughs) Dylan's had zero snow all year. Is that normal for Maryland? Yeah. Oh. Wow. Luckies. Super weird. I didn't realize I missed snow until I moved here. Gabby, I don't... (laughs) What's right with us, though? <laughs> you I don't know, me. Gabby. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, well. Any other questions? Yeah, this is now our Q&A section. We have about ten minutes left, so. Yeah, and then Sandy's gotta run away and go catch her pumpkin. And find her missing shoe before midnight. Right? Is that how the story goes? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I think. Oh, I got Disney Plus. Well, not that I ever had Disney Plus. I was just using my sister's. And then she deleted it. Like, how selfish. Because she's like, I don't use it. And I was like, but I use it. And then she's like, okay, you pay for it. Anyway, now I'm paying for it. And I rewatched Cinderella recently. Oh, <laughs> it's nice. basically the point of that story. You know what? I actually do like the original Cinderella film. Like, I think it's really cute. So. Mm-hmm. Um, we should, uh, we gotta watch Stargirl together. I mean, over conference oh, yeah. call or, like, Skype or, I don't know, whatever the cool kids mm-hmm. use. Instagram live. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, we should watch Stargirl, because it, yeah, I don't know, I feel like we used to talk about it. Um, we got some questions here. Scariest personal experience? There was a time I was pretty sure I saw, like, an elf. Okay, and, like, the thing about elves, let me say, is that in Latin America, as long, or as well as a lot of other countries, are considered to be very, like, evil. Mm-hmm. So when I say I saw an elf, no, I don't mean I saw, like, a Santa's elf. Oh, bye, Canadian girl. Bye. Um, I, like, I saw, like, an evil elf in front of my grandma's house, and it was, like, pitch black, and I don't know why I was outside, but I started screaming, and then I ran away, and then this figure, like, it was a figure. It wasn't, like, I couldn't see, like, a face or anything. Mm -hmm. started running after me. And I was very, I think I was with my sister, and I still can't figure it out if it was, like, a small child, maybe. Or (laughs) maybe I just screamed at a child's face and ran away. Uh, Like, how old were you when this happened? I was, like, 12. Okay. Crazy. 
Yeah, you probably just screamed at a child. Sounds about <laughs> right. Um, scariest experience. Paranormal. There was. Do you know? What, do you want a paranormal experience or like a real life experience? Any experience. I'm answering for Gab, but I don't know, Gabby. You, I personally would like any kind of story. Um, I don't know. One time, I just about got ran over by a semi truck. That was fun. Because they didn't check their lanes before they were lane changing so that I had to drive onto the shoulder which like I was very thankful for my car I used to drive a Sunfire and that thing like picked up speed really quickly so that was nice um how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood Uh, I don't know (laughs) a woodchuck wouldn't chuck any wood because a woodchuck can't chuck wood Okay, great. I'm glad you know the answer because I did not. I don't know if that's actually the answer. I've just been saying that like every day for Is it? my entire life. Um, scariest piece of media you consumed as a child. Oh my god, there's a moth in my house. Now that was scary. Okay. Where did that this come This is from? really weird because when I was around seven or eight, there was this really weird ad on Mexican radio. And I still don't know what the ad was for. However, so I was in my grandma's house and they kept the radio on all night. Or not, not all night, but all day. Like, it was just never off. And there was this ad about a disembodied hand that would, like, kill you. But I still don't know what the ad was for. <laughs> and... So, and that was, like, a story my parents and, like, adults would tell you. It's, like, if, let's say they wanted you to stay out of their room, they'd be, like, oh, the disembodied hand lives there, so I would be terrified (laughs) to go in. Or, like, oh, you're misbehaving, the disembodied hand is gonna come get you. And it was on the radio, and, like, it was so intense, the ad was so intense, there were police sirens and people screaming. But I still don't understand why it was an ad. Anyway, uh, yeah, Gabby, hope that answered your question. <laughs> um, I'd. Okay, probably like my first experience with anything relatively scary was I would sometimes stay at my grandparents' house and they would let me like sleep on the couch with the TV on. So, like, I would mm-hmm. stay up late. And when you stayed up late back then, like, YTV and like Teletune and all that at like 9 or 10 p.m they would play all like the like scary or teenage shows and stuff like that so one night um freaking uh what's it called uh the poltergeist the movie poltergeist oh really playing on my tv and i watched it all alone (laughs) in my grandparents living room (laughs) and that that would have scared me were you scared yeah (laughs) i was like Nine years old? Eight years old? Yeah. Oh, it looks like we have 30 seconds remaining. 24. Oh, because it kicks us off. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, 20 seconds. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) We'll post the audio. Be on the lookout for the audio. Bye, guys. Whenever it ends. See ya. Bye.
You can follow us at Woods Podcast on Twitter, or you can email us at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at The Woods Podcast. And thank you to Jason Shaw for our theme, Running Waters. Please submit any scary stories you would like us to tell in future episodes. And we'll make sure to include those. Thank you. Bye.